Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope. Chris and Troy here with our friend Paula, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to our last episode where Paula got a chance to tell her story of really kind of growing up in a Jewish home and and, and going from what her book says and is titled From Jewish to Jesus. Such a beautiful story that we're going to talk a little bit more about today. But Troy, why don't you take a moment to just um, recap for anyone who didn't hear that kind of what you heard last time we were together and yeah, that's thoughts. great. Thank you so much, Paula, again, for, for being with us. Um, and I do also echo what you were saying, Chris. Go back to those listeners to listen to the last episode so you'll get from her. And there were so many things that she said. Um, her whole story is just worth listening to. And she's not even done. She's going to be with us again. Um, but some of the things that she said, they were so profound. And it does kind of represent um, this ministry here. Um, in that a voice of hope uh, is to the listener to to really kind of all of us to encourage that we all have a story and as she was sharing actually before she shared uh, one of the the things that is most profound to me in what I do uh, week in week out is just listening to people's stories and how I experience that person once I'm in their story and listening and yet how I would know that person aside from knowing that story it's just two two different realities. It's this reality that we experience people, but that's not the deeper and the real place. It's the, the, the one that I don't know. And so listening to people, knowing people, hearing their stories, is it has an effect on you. And she did last week, last episode. That is her story, inspiring me and being a voice of hope. And to the listener, I would just, again, echo that you are a voice of hope. Your story, who you are, where you've come from, is what other people and who other people need to know. So some of the takeaways for me last time, um, she made a statement that my kids are proof of God. I'm like, how true is that? Just in the way of family, just in the way of the fact that loving kids and learning uh, unconditional love in the sense of how you're giving it away to your children is just such a ministry back to just a glimpse of the love that God has for us. So that was profound listening to that uh, for me. Um, And another statement she made was, you can't really tell the story without telling his story. And she was referencing her husband. And I thought, how true is that? So much of our life is trying to be this individualistic and fitting into my own little world. But it's not really the way that God designed it. It's that God designed his story for our life, yes, but we are so intrinsically involved in the stories of other people's lives. And to, re- to accept that, that that is a part of your story. I can't tell you my story without telling you the story that God interwove with people in my life. And so this is a part of his plan, and to, to allow that to be, not separating yourself so, so much from it. Um, and then just the whole idea, and one of the things I hear in counseling is I, I hear some uh, echo in people that I work with that there is a desire that I see that people want to believe in God, and so many people do believe in God, but they're, 
there's a hunger there that's that's not quite satisfied and i think that is designed by god to take you to what he's doing and in your your case that's exactly it and that that living room moment that you had uh was the beginning but it was such the whisper of god it's like this is so incredible and i think that begins the longing fulfilled mm-hmm. um so that was impressive to me uh and a voice of hope to me um and then another one uh that you had mentioned was a pattern interrupt i found that interesting because Sometimes that is exactly what we need. I'm a little scared of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because yeah, right. I, I like know, my patterns. I know. Yeah. I, I get stuck in my own little boxes and think that life has to take place in those boxes. And yet when God moves, some, so much of the time is to pull you out of the box and interrupt the thing that you've grown comfortable to or grown used to. And, you know, whether you're Jewish and Catholic in the mix of both, you know, God's movement is for, for you and even in your husband's case to move you to, to something even deeper and better. Mm-hmm. I've, heard it, I've heard it said uh, through Bible study that God is way more uh, interested in our development, our spiritual development, than our comfort. Yeah. You know, so getting out of the comfort zone, I mean, everything about moving south from the northeast where we had lived forever and coming to church on a regular basis was so different and yet mm. it was exactly where we needed needed to be yeah. Yeah. but you're right it was actually really the beginning that's cool it yeah. was the beginning well if you want to hear kind of the beginning of the story go back again like troy said like i've said listen to our last episode but we're going to kind of pick up um where we left off with paula being Kind of a young adult slash adultish, uh, kind of moving here, having kind of a, a moment with God. Because what is that about ten years ago? Some nine years. Nine ago. or ten. Okay, yeah, so very. Okay, years, so like mm-hmm. uh, got here, had kind of this encounter with God, and then you really started growing in your faith. So kind of let's let's pick up the story from there and tell people sort of what started happening for you as 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 you had this Holy Spirit moment where you were really kind of introduced to Jesus in a different way. Yes, and I was about 50 when that happened. So Still a young adult, right? Young that's adult, that's yeah, what I'm thinking, yeah, adultish kind of, there you go. A babe, well, you know, um, God has no confines of time and space. So, I'm, you know, I was very young in, in Methuselah, but, you know, biblical right, years. Exactly. Very young, according to, you know, Noah. I'm going to go with Moses. 50 is young. How about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Um, but... I mean, I was raised in a very specific way. And so in a lot of respects, I was raised, or in my mind, I had thought, well, a very quiet God is a very uninterested God. And so I must have done something to get his attention. So now what do I have to do next to get his attention again? So I was still very steeped in the idea of um, law, like it was what I was going to do. And I really, I was introduced to Jesus, but I had very little understanding of grace. And that it was not at all about what I was going to do. And it was everything about what he had already done and who he was. So um, I had a lot of starts and stops. I had a lot of starts and stops. Um, But one of the things that I actually decided to do, because I was a doer, you know, to get, um, got to get God's attention there. He gave me a, a message, got to get his attention, and I decided to get baptized at Port City. Hmm. Tell us about that. So that was um, 
it's like a, you know, digging in and, and, and turning yourself inside and out and really exploring that faith story. Um, I, I saw myself as a seeker, but what did that really mean? I needed to define some of those things for me. And why was I a seeker? Um, you know, a lot of it was that I felt like there was something that I would do. There would be something that I would do or um, make the right move or somehow be rewarded, you know, for, and it wasn't anything about that, but it forced me to kind of take a look at some of the predispositions that I had mm -hmm. or um, attitudes that I had about God and worship and yeah. Yeah. So, so what were some of the things that were kind of the real catalysts for you, um, at, like after baptism, kind of taking more steps and learning more? Um, well, thank God. Uh, <laughs> the church has biblical counseling, and I still felt um, very out of my depth. You know, I felt like, well, if I was, you know, raised in a home where Jesus was discussed, I'd have a better idea of you know, what this all meant. I was still searching for meaning and how this was going to impact my life. And a, um, a very beautiful sister in Christ just, you know, pointed me in the direction of um, Bible Study Fellowship International, which I think is an amazing and anointed group of people. Um, and uh, she said, God has a word for you. I was like, hmm, I wonder what that means. Like, Hadn't peace. used that language before, had you? Yeah, peace. Right. You know, is it? Does he mean study? Like, what does that mean? Right, sure. A word. And I, I've been a writer all my life, um, on and off, on and off. And um, I wrote um, propaganda for a living for a while in corporate America. You know, brochures and advertising, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, when somebody says, "Oh, God has a word for you," you know, I'm a writer. So, what could that mean? That was exciting. Um, and what I didn't realize and what I learned at the time is that um, he really, he, he speaks to my heart. You know, it's not a word. It's a, it's, it's a word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it just, he, he speaks, he speaks Chris Sasser ease mm. and he speaks Troy ease and he speaks Paula ease yeah. and he speaks in that way that comes directly to your heart. But yeah. it took me a while to, till I'm still learning it. Sure. It's exciting. It's exciting. Um, a friend of mine pointed out in the past couple of years that I've done BSF, um, you know, I was expressing this, you know, I don't know that I've ever in my life found scripture as beautiful as I do right now. And her comment to me was, well, that's because you're reading it with your heart and not your eyes. Wow. That's and that's what we do. Like, you know, it's, it's been life altering. And that was that, you know, BSF was in, in that environment was yeah. where I felt like, you know, God gave me that message again. He said, you, you know, get your, get your story out there. Well, we're going to talk about your story when we come back from the break, because you have put your story on paper. And I want to talk through sort of the, the obedience of saying, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to see where God's going to take this. And um, we'll finish up our conversation with Apollo. You're listening to a voice of hope. Thanks for listening to a voice of hope. This is a listener supported ministry by folks like you. We're so glad that you've joined us. A Voice of Hope has been created as a nonprofit ministry to encourage our listeners with helpful resources for hopeful living as we navigate challenging days together. 
Through lighthearted, easy conversations between our hosts, Troy Peverall and Chris Sasser, along with their guests, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your community. Hey, let's change the narrative of the last few years to encourage peace over stress, exchange joy for sorrow, and share the message of hope over despair. Simple steps like these can profoundly impact your community and change lives. Everyone has a story to share and we would love to hear yours. So check us out on the web at mi1.net. That's mi1.net. It's the best place to find out more about A Voice of Hope, send an email, and find a secure place to give. Hey, thanks for listening. We're so grateful for this time together. Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser along with Troy and our friend Paula. Paula's been telling her story over the last couple episodes. And Paula, we're going to jump in now to um, this this manuscript that will be a book <laughs> that you have written. Um, it's a story. It's a, it, 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 What's your story? But that's what a lot of manuscripts and books are. But talk a little bit about how that came about, why you kind of felt like God was calling you to do that. Just everything Jewish to Jesus book related. <laughs> Um, when I started last year in BSF, the first study that we did was the book of Matthew. And how perfect for a Jewish person like myself to get the first book of the New Testament and to understand the New Covenant in a very, very different way. Because, you know, I, it was not something that I was raised with, you know, and I, it was such a deep dive the way that Bible Study Fellowship International does their studies is, you know, I was told that God had a word for me, but I had to dive into his word. And so it was this depth of reading and questioning and asking and spending time. And, you know, it, it, it was a beautiful experience. So second year of BSF, we are doing a study called People of the Promise, A Kingdom Divided. And it was all Old Testament, post-Solomon, kings and chronicles and all the prophets and the very first week i started reading um i, w I was heartbroken I and mean, if i had to read about one more king saying you know he did evil in the eyes of the lord and i realized you know <laughs> you know i was raised that the jewish people or the chosen people what did that mean well it was a responsibility to carry the word of God, but it became a privilege and it was very insular. And, you know, I mean, how many times do we have to read in the Bible? Like, you know, the whole world is God's, you know, um, everybody, everything, everybody is used, you know, um, uh, you know, is, is here for, you know, his purposes. So, um, it was very, it was a very painful first week. I was very heartbroken, you know. Our heart is supposed to break for what breaks God. And I was heartbroken that it, the Jewish people basically, you know, the people of Israel, you know, Zion, they just basically turned their backs, you know. It was a ton of idolatry over and over and over again. I mean, Solomon had 700 wives and he built altars to all of, you know, their gods. And it was a hard read. And I was, reading, I was doing the study, and the question that was posed to me in the study was, um, at the end, how, what, what challenges, you know, what do you think you will find that is particularly challenge about this year's study, and how can the group pray for you? 
and I pulled out my pen and started writing and you know the bottom part of the page wasn't enough and I flipped over and I started writing more um, not just to answer the questions but because our pastor always teaches us pray with a pen well, and you're a writer and I'm a writer and we pray with a pen yeah and um, my husband came you know he's like you ready to go and do our Saturday errands? Are you done, basically, yet? It's time to go to Home Depot. Come on, let's go. And I went to go stand up, and I collapsed back in the chair and started bawling, just mm. crying my eyes out. Um, and I think at that moment, God was just like, he, I think he asked me to come and bear my story. You know, And there's so much scripture that points to that direction. But you know, being a writer and loving to write you know, and, you know, in Chronicles, in Isaiah, it talks about giving praise to the Lord and proclaiming his name, making known among the nations what he has done. I mean, he had, he saved me. And I have no doubt about that at all. And, um, I, you know, I wanted to know what to do about it, always wanted to know what to do about it. And, you know, God will give you the desires of your heart. And that, I think at that moment, that's what he did. He said, tell your story, mm. you know, and a writer, that's all a writer like me needs. Go, <laughs> and it, I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, it was, yeah. it wasn't easy at all. I go back and read some of the chapters and I'm like, well, I didn't write that. And I just yeah. know it was him. Sure. You know, so I'm, you just kind of kept writing at that point. Um, I started writing in September starts and stops and starts and stops. And a lot of it was, um, I was so conscious of, I don't want it to be forced. I don't want it to be about what I do. I, I want to be a conduit for him and I want to be a conduit for him. And so it was um, a little challenging, but I made a commitment to be 80% done by Christmas. And I think you and I met at the church yep. on January 31st. And yep. I had just kind of yeah. you know, finished the the last page. Yeah. I, I'm, I've added some prayers since because I do pray with a pen a lot. Mm. But um, part of that is just a reflection of where he's yeah. taking me. And I won't say take in me. Sure. Because it's, Cause none of us are there yet. I'm still breathing, so yeah, he's still right. working. That's right. That's right. Um, and so tell us about sort of how the book is, is laid out. Um, it's just really a recounting of my journey to finding what I had always been looking for. Mm which was belonging in place and you know you we know we're his and that's you know i wondered you know we all we will wonder where we fit in you know mm. you see adolescent kids wondering you know and posturing and all the peer pressure and we always want to know who are we you know who are we yeah. and where do we fit in yeah and he's he's answering that question for me every day and so this is just kind of like a recounting of where he's taken me yeah. right now. I it's mean, your story. Yeah. Tomorrow will be another page because he's taking me somewhere <laughs> else. You know. But uh, yeah, that's right. You know, I just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just trying to remember to be obedient, you know, that that's what it's really about. Um, my baptism was about being obedient, um, you know, and, and, and that war between it's not anything I'm ever going to do. It's all about grace. You know, I'm still learning that. Um, that lesson because it's not something that it's just a totally different place from where I started as a young child, mm -hmm. totally different place. Yeah. And part of what I love about it, having read it is, is how 
<clears throat> sure, it sort of details some of the, the Jewishness of your life. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there are just so many people in, you know, Catholic faith, Christian faith, non-faith, uh, who like this, it's the same story mm-hmm. in a lot of ways where you kind of get caught up in the rituals and you kind of get caught up in the, the cultural pieces of whatever it is your group is <laughs> walking towards in life. Mm-hmm. And you don't really take the time to stop yeah. and to sort of ask some of the hard questions that you started asking mm-hmm. in different ways at different times along the way. And you kind of just sort of get caught in the wave of this, you know, cultural Christianity or cultural Jewishness or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you don't really let it kind of go to your heart and go deep. And I, I love that it's just a beautiful picture that so many people, I think, can identify with, yeah. not just people in the Jewish faith. It's good. Scripture comes alive when you take the time to read it. Like, it, it has become alive for me in my life. And the piece that kind of turned the corner for the book was, take delight in the Lord. De- take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, like, I... I the idea of being relate my story is it's everybody's story it's that story of meaning and connection Mm -hmm. and that what's more hopeful than that yeah that's right that's That's right good that you we were talking earlier about growing in your faith and as i listen to you i'm just struck with the whole the whole thought and then you closed you said something a minute ago about where you're going like you wake up and every day and you wonder it's like and it's like growing in your faith or growing in our faith, so much should correlate and does to where you're going in your faith. Like if I'm not, if I'm not in that place of growing and walking with Him, um, I I just spin. And it's not that I need to know where I'm going tomorrow so much, but I am in movement with God, and there's that underlying sense of faith and confidence that I have with God that He's with me, He's real to me, and your story. Your story tells that. Mm-hmm. It's good. For sure. Hey, Paula, as we as we close up, whenever it gets published and millions of people are reading it or whatever. <laughs> or what is or, or four, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What is the message that you want people to hear from your story? One of the things that prompted me, actually, in the process of segmenting it into quote-unquote chapters, um, every chapter kind of starts with a scripture that in my walk so far has actually come alive you know there was a lot of stress in new york um with my illness with um and you know andrew's addiction and i really felt like there was a block of concrete in my chest it just felt so heavy and um you know i think it's ezekiel 36 26 26 36 one of those, where, you know, God really takes out that heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh. Like, I have a lighter countenance now, and I know that came true. And I just think that if we spend that time actually reading his beautiful story, that those, those words come alive. They are, they are real. There is true speaking to us today as they were to Abraham and Isaac and Moses and mm-hmm. Jesus and Matthew. And I mean, they're just, they're true. They're just true and real. And they come, al- come alive mm. when you read. It's a, the it has for It's so good. The scripture that hits my, my thought is, she was talking about the word is in the beginning was the word and the word was God. 
and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then she just talked about how she had, you know, she's aware of the heart of stone, the concrete stone, but then her, she has a heart of flesh. And I just think it's so neat that that verse ends in flesh, talk, referencing Jesus, that he actually came and lives among us. He came mm. to you, and it awakens you for what God designed. It's awakened you. Yeah. It's like Jesus makes the difference. He is that voice of hope. And taking all the religious activity that we do throughout life and can get trapped in it and not even knowing, but when it becomes real, it's real because his word comes alive to us through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I love sort of the way both of y'all just use that phrase, come alive, yeah. because that, that phrase has been something that kind of has been swirling around kind of in my head over the last couple of years or so, just in thinking through like for myself for my wife, for my kids, for you know my family, everybody kind of around me at work, that is what I what I desire is for us to come alive because of our relationship with God, and how many people either search to come alive in other places or chase other things or sort of just reserve themselves to the fact that I'm not sure I'm ever going to come alive, right. and just sort of kind of finish out life, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that how you know that's kind of how we can frame it is. You can come alive. There is a hope in Jesus that can help you or lead you to come alive. Come alive, right? In a a way that you cannot come alive any other way, shape, or form. That's the voice of hope that we got to listen to. And Paul, you did. You listened to it like you've been listening to it all your life in different ways. You you heard it very clearly, kind of in in lots of moments. Once you your eyes were opened to who Jesus really is, and you continue to kind of come alive in the way that you're wanting to share that story. So we are honored to be on that journey with you. And I can't wait for Troy and I to whenever it happens to be telling people, hey, y'all remember when we had Paula on and she's writing this book and here's where you can go pick it up and hand it to a friend. So Paula, thank you so much for being with us. I am absolutely honored. It's been fun. Well, don't forget, you can get more about the ministry and you can hear kind of more stories um, at avoiceofhope.me. And you can also maybe just uh, drop a little donation there to just help the ministry continue to be able to tell stories like Paul's. But we are, we are so thankful that we are with you today. And we'll talk to you again next time on A Voice of Hope.